You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Hey, everybody. I'm Sean Reynolds, the owner of Summit Properties Northwest and Reynolds and Klein Appraisal and your host of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. I'm going to jump right into my topic. I found an article that uh, was about Mark Cuban and what Mark Cuban is doing during the shutdown on the coronavirus. Mark Cuban is moving to cash ahead of what the billionaire sees as another rough stretch for the stock market. So we're talking about stock market here. There's a good reason the market is going up, but I think that we still have a leg down. So I've gone to cash, meaning he sees the stock market going up, but he knows we've got some troubled times ahead. So he's basically sold a lot of his positions and he's got cash. The Dallas Mavericks owner explained that before his move into the relative safety net of cash, he lost a ton of money, and it was an S-ton of money, in his entertainment business. Fortunately for Cuban, his core holdings, Amazon and Netflix, have done fine. Three to five years from now, and this is Mark Cuban talking, three to five years from now, the market will be up from where we are today. When we look back in 10 years, there's going to be some amazing companies created, and having access to cash or having cash is going to give me an opportunity to invest in them. And then he moves on, as for now, beyond just moving completely to cash amid the coronavirus key pandemic, Cuban sees opportunities in both commodities and real estate. He didn't go into details on which commodities, but he pointed to big, dense cities as having some areas where bargains could pop up. And here's the quote that I thought that was super interesting. If you think you want to live in New York in the future, now's the time to buy. So that's what a billionaire investor who's founded some incredible companies, owns the Dallas Mavericks NBA franchise, and he's a pretty well-known guy. You'll see him on, um, what's the TV show? Uh, I'm just totally speaking. Shark Tank. Thank you, Darian, for coming in. And did you sign up another broker to Summit Properties Northwest? Yeah, four more. Four more. You are just killing it. Well done. We are taking on a ton of brokers during the recession because we are a recession-proof business here at Summit Properties Northwest. So Mark Cuban making the statement, hey, if you think you want to live in New York, now's the time to buy. So what I'm going to focus on this podcast and the question I'm getting from a lot of people is, should I buy in this market? Is now a good time to buy? So I'm going to run through kind of my thoughts on that because I get asked that all the time. And the main answer I give people, and it's, it's a waffle answer, and it is, it depends. So we're going to look at all the situations where it might make sense for you to buy in this market. And we're also going to take a hard look at why you shouldn't buy in this market based on your own circumstances. So one of the, I've, I've been kind of researching this a little bit this morning, and one of the Uh, major headlines I saw was from Bankrate, and that was, should fear of the next recession keep you from buying a home? And that's what a lot of this is about, is fear. I I keep hearing people saying, oh, the bottom's going to drop out of the housing market. We're going to be in a short sale market here before you even know it. Um, Is that true? Well, I don't know. I I don't have a crystal ball, but I'm going to say no. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that we've got such little inventory on the market And this is also a temporary shutdown of the economy. So short term, I'm saying no. And right now, we are not seeing prices drop. A lot of that has to do with we haven't had enough time to kind of analyze all the data. But we haven't seen, I haven't seen a major price drop with listings coming on on the summit side of my business. We've had more canceled listings and sellers who are fearful of letting people into their homes. And I get that. That makes sense. 
So a lot of properties coming off the market. I think people want to wait until things get eased up a little bit, and it's a much easier time to have your house on the market. So what I'm going to focus on is taking a look. If, if you're out there and you're thinking about buying a home, should you be buying during a really turbulent time like this? And so the first thing that I always tell people and I ask people is, all right, well, let's take a look at you. What is your financial what are your financial circumstances? Do you have a job that you can count on in six months, a year, two years from now? What kind of industry are you in? Do you have enough money for the down payment? Do you have enough money for the reserves? And on the down payment, you got to understand that when you're going into a tough economic time, lenders are cinching down their requirements. We just had Chase, big lender, last Friday, I think it was. They upped their credit score minimum to 700. That's a pretty good credit score. They also said across the board, 20% down payment. So lenders are tightening up. So you're going to have to have a good size down payment. Do you have a job that makes the money? Do you have the down payment uh, put aside? Do you have enough money for like six months in reserves just to get by in case all the stuff that's happening right now really ends up in a major economic recession and or a depression? Can you get by for a long time without basically giving your house back that you just bought? And so what you're looking to do is looking to see that your financial position can get you through a long period of time because of the economic uncertainty out there. We don't know what's going to happen. We kind of have an idea um, of, all right, so in this recession versus the recession of 0708, this one wasn't caused by housing. Housing was a major factor, was kind of the factor in the last recession. So going into this time period with the coronavirus, we didn't have the same economics that are affecting housing now versus the last recession. Wildly different. We've shut down the economy for a, a, a certain period of time, and the president basically kind of gave the outline of steps one, two, and three of phasing back the economy, getting it back up and running. My main concern is that, yep, we get the economy going, and then um, we get the economy going, the money from all the federal bailouts, that goes through the system, and then six months, a year down the road, that's when we start seeing the real impact, and that is all the little businesses that, that used the money as best they could, but it just wasn't enough. That's kind of my concern, is that down the road, we start to see some major cracks forming with the economics of what happens when you shut down an entire country for a long period, not a long period of time, but a period of time. I think we're losing $5 billion a day in economic output across the U.S., $5 billion. So every, you know, two days goes by, there's $10 billion. Enormous numbers, enormous numbers. So if, you, if you've got a job that's okay, that you think is pretty solid, you're in an industry that's somewhat recession-proof, you've got some money, you're out there looking, you kind of figure, all right, I need a house anyway. And another major factor is how long are you going to be in that house? Like, it, does your job move you around? Or is there a high likelihood you might get moved around until you get to a point in your career or whatever it is that you're going to be in a certain spot for a while? Because how long you own a home, kind of can own a home, determines how long you can ride out whatever the market might bring. 
And that's what I explain to a lot of millennials. I have a couple of millennial kids, one that's 27 and one that's 24. Yeah, I think 24. And they haven't had the life experience that I have. And you got to be able to ride out things like we're going through right now today. So that's why I do not have a Ferrari. I don't live in a mansion. I've gone through some pretty horrific times as a real estate appraiser and as a real estate broker owning two real estate companies and going through a divorce at the same time getting through the last crash. So uh, guys who have gone through the hard times and it's kind of like you're hearing stories like I heard stories when I was a kid about the Great Depression. You know, grandpa went through the Great Depression and he didn't eat for 20 days straight, that kind of thing. Um, there was no work and unemployment was through the through the roof. Hard times, super difficult times for people. And that's what we're going to be experiencing right now because so many people are out of a job. 22 million people on, uh, hitting unemployment for the first time here in this last Thursday. So if you have answered all those questions and you're like, yeah, I still think this is a good time for me to buy, then you need to start looking at, well, what market am I looking at? Because like Mark Cuban said on on this statement, dense urban areas, if you're going to live there anyway, now might be a really good time to buy. If you're in a smaller market where your main employer just rolled up shop and said, hey, we are not a viable concern moving forward, given the fact that we've had to shut down and we won't get enough federal aid to make it through this. If you're in an area where a lot of people are employed by a main employer and that employer is teetering or you've heard things about uh, things might not go, go so great or industry is super heavy in your area. Maybe you want to look at that and go, okay, even though I'm ready to go, maybe this area isn't the best area for me to be buying in. I'll sit this one out a little bit and see what happens. What will happen is we will go back to work. The coronavirus hysteria will start to die down. Business will get back to work. We'll kind of identify, all right, this is kind of where we're at. And I think a ton of people are going to come back into the marketplace. So many homes have been pulled off the market with seller's concern. And I totally get that. If you've got something that's contagious, you don't want that walking through your home. I was reading another article about, um, yeah, from Realtor.com. A quarter of uh, realtors with clients putting contracts on homes this week. That's this week, April the 16th. Um, putting contracts on homes this week had at least one do so without physically seeing the property. That's great. I mean, that's amazing that there are buyers out there who are saying we trust our realtor. We trust, trust our, the technology of our realtor enough to buy a home kind of sight unseen. We haven't seen the inside, but there's a ton of buyers out there who need a place no matter what. And that's the main thing about housing that people are forgetting is that Housing is a need. Commercial office space, not a need necessarily, because the owners and all the employees of those uh, commercial spaces and big businesses that could shut down or are going to reorganize, they're going to figure something else else out post, uh, post-coronavirus crisis. The commercial space, well, maybe they give that back, but they still need a place to go home and sleep at night 
uh, or stay isolated, as the case is right now. So housing, residential housing is a little bit different. And we've got such little inventory on the market right now across the country. That's why I don't think you will see a drop. But that doesn't I don't think you're going to see a big short-term drop. You might see a drop uh, in a little bit as a correction happens, but there isn't enough inventory on the market to make that drop happen anytime soon, even though we've basically got a ton of deals put on hold, buyers waiting till after, sellers not wanting to put their home on the market. And then I also just saw another, um, another one of my uh, things was, the number of starts, housing starts, new U.S. construction decline in March from the previous month by month was the biggest decline since 1984. Residential starts tumbled 22.3% to 1.22 million, meaning a ton of new homes are have basically been shuttered and they're not being built because of the shutdown. So you've got residential homes and apartment complexes just basically not happening. And we all knew that would happen. So as a result of the shutdown in in Washington state, construction workers weren't weren't basically deemed to be essential. I think that was a major mistake, given the fact we've got such a struggle to get uh, housing and uh, construction uh, up and done here in Washington. But here we are. It is what it is. So you've got a supply issue where we had low inventory going into the, into this crisis. Now you're going to even have less inventory. And then one of the things I was working on right before I came on this podcast was yet another listing that's been temporarily taken off market. I reviewed that. And yeah, okay. The seller doesn't want to keep the home on the market. They're having a difficulty time selling it. And they don't feel comfortable keeping that home in the market. So we are seeing that. So some of the pros of buying in this market is that you've got less competition. You've got less people that you are competing with. Now, and I'm going to go bounce back and forth between pros and cons because they're both kind of interrelated. The other side to that, so you've got less competition. People that are sellers that need to sell on this market who are willing to put their home on the market and have strangers come through, possibly touch things. You know, infection is out there as a major fear. Sellers who are selling right now have a major reason to sell. Sellers who are selling in this market are motivated. There's some major factor because people aren't just throwing their home on the market. Hey, this is a great time to sell. Um, Although there is a certain uh, percentage of sellers out there that are like looking around going, man, there is no inventory here. Even though this seems weird, this might be a pretty good time to put the home in the market. And I think for sellers, when we do come out of this shutdown and we come out, come out of these stay-home orders, there's going to be a big surge of activity because buyers who need to get their homes squared away during the summer for the next school year and sellers who need to sell their homes they're going to come out of the woodwork. We're going to see a big surge. So right now, during this time of shutdown, if you are ready to go, you might be able to pick up a bargain, something that you wouldn't have been able to pick up six six weeks ago. But you have to know your homework, and you also have to have the ability to make that payment. And maybe for, you know, what's your plan? Do you have a five-year plan? That's what I recommend to most people, is that if you, for some reason can't sell this home in two years like you want to and if you can't renovate it if you can't do the fix up you want if you can't do the floor plan changes whatever it is 
or if you're just thinking, well, I'm going to make you know a million dollars and I'm going to move up to my dream home. If you can't do that, what is your minimum five-year plan? Have that in place. So you've got all those factors of you got the down payment, you've got the financing, you've got the job. Have a plan in place is another major um, thing to consider if you're looking at buying a home in super unstable times, which is what we're in now. So the one of the main pros is that you've got less competition. There are less people out looking at homes. One of the cons that's a direct result of that is it's a really hard time to get homes closed right now, kind of moving up the food chain. And in the food chain of real estate, you've got title and escrow who are doing a great job of trying to be accommodating you know, we, we're hearing of, of signings happen, escrow signings, where you'd normally all sit down around a table and people would sign a whole bunch of paperwork. You'd have people placing paperwork in front of you. That is not happening right now. So they're either doing digital signings or some kind of remote signing or, you know, signing things and handing it through a window, uh, that kind of thing. We've heard of that. So that's title and escrow. Appraisers, appraisers, they have to go into homes. Uh, we hear a lot of things about what is you, know, you can do an exterior appraisal or you can do a desktop appraisal. That's not necessarily true. That's only limited to a very small segment of the loans that are happening. And loans basically get backed by federal money. And the federal government is saying, hey, on most of these loans, we don't want to see a desktop appraisal. We don't want to see an exterior only where you don't see the inside. We want that appraiser to go inside that home. So what's happening there is that with the super low interest rates, which is a pro, and I'll jump back to that, but with super low interest rates, there's a massive refinance boom that's been going on. And so getting an appraiser out to a purchase transaction has been difficult. All the appraisers on my side of Reynolds and Klein, we've been busy for a long time. We've only had, I think, like one kind of slowdown of uh, a week. And even then, that was busy typically by most standards. So super busy. It's hard to get appraisers out to places. Building inspectors, those, you know, a lot of building inspectors have said, you know, I don't really want to go out and inspect. This isn't really what I want to be doing um, because they're on the front lines of having to physically go out and see people and see homes. And that's a difficult thing. But building inspections are taking place. They are happening. And then on down the line, you've got professional photographers, you've got stagers, you've got all these people on the food chain that need to interact. And it's a hard time to get that done. If there's something wrong with the home and part of the lending process is dependent upon getting a contractor out there, not every contractor is working. Not every contractor is willing to do those things. Or if they are, a lot of them are really backed up and it's difficult to get people out. It's just a difficult time to coordinate all this. You have to be willing to have some patience if you're a buyer to make this happen. And also if you're a seller. So if you're a buyer and you can have patience throughout this process, you might be able to score a deal that you wouldn't have been able to score before this because there was so much competition. And so what's happening now is that the in most markets across the U.S. that entered into the coronavirus shutdown, they had minimal inventory. Now there's even less inventory, but there's also less buyers. So if you are in an area that has some major job growth going on, I don't think that's going to be impacted long term by this shutdown. You're going to have some impact for sure, but long term, there's still going to be jobs coming in. 
that might be interrupted short-term here, and we don't know what the long-term impacts are. So just make sure that if you're a buyer and you are gonna be entering into a contract, that you've got all your bases covered, that you've really thought it through, and that moving forward, you can survive when other people are gonna be giving up their homes. Now, jumping back to, are we gonna have a short sale market? I don't think we will. I don't think we're gonna have a foreclosure uh, or short, short sale market lenders are providing forbearances, and I've got uh, you know videos on that as well. Should you do a forbearance, I think is what it's called, and that's basically when the lender allows you to take a brief hiatus from your mortgage, and then you basically pay that back at the end of a you know a, a three or four month term, maybe a six month term, or they add, add it to the end of your uh, loan amount, your loan period, not loan amount. But be real careful on a mortgage forbearance. You gotta really check into that. And there's a lot of kind of pros and cons going on to that. But I've got a, a whole podcast on that as well. But what I'm trying to say with that is that a lot of the things that are in place now weren't in place in the 07, 08 crash. I don't think you're gonna see a short sale market. I don't think you're gonna see a major foreclosure market because lenders kind of jumped on people back then and took their homes back. Um, that's kind of a hardcore way of saying it, but that's essentially what happened. And then it was just this massive trickle-down impact, and a lot of the loans that were made shouldn't have been made in 07 and 08. Lending standards are way tighter now than they are, kind of going back to my statement earlier in this podcast of Chase ratcheting up the, the down payment requirements to... 20% down and 700 credit score. Chase, on, on this go around with this recession, they're going to have to answer to their shareholders, what did you do to make sure that our investment in Chase as a company made financial sense? And they're going to point to, well, we are basically only accepting uh, credit applications from really well uh, healed borrowers. We've got borrowers that are good risks, and that's what we're doing with your money. So that's a lot of kind of what's going on right now. So if you're looking in a, in a market like a Seattle market or a lot of the California markets or a New York market uh, with a lot or maybe a, like a San Francisco market, long term and even short term, I think those markets going to be fine because the, the amount of housing that's out there isn't enough for when the buyers come back. Uh, that are looking for, for a job. They're looking for housing because of job-related moves. That's a lot of what we're seeing. So we're going to have a shortage of housing, and we've already got one, and it's going to be even way worse on the other end. So if you're looking right now, right now might be a great time because you've got lot less competition. There are less buyers out there looking. So not a bad time. Some of the, some of the other cons are we don't really know what is going to happen. And that's kind of a really scary thing to put your, yourself into the position of buying the major investment of your life. So if you can work your way through that mental kind of gyration of, I don't really know what's going to go on, but I do need a home, let's do this. So getting through that fear factor, that is another kind of con. There's so much fear out there. And a lot of that we saw in the last recession was people that are like, I don't know what's going to happen. I think this is going to go on forever. I'm just going to let my house go back to the bank because I don't think this is going to recover forever. And so for people who bought in 2000. 
2012, 2013, even into 2014, they did really, really well. But that's a difficult thing to do because as a buyer, you are faced with all that fear that you hear out there. Should you buy in this market? Oh, the market's going to crash. Oh, it's going to tank. I don't think you're going to see that happen, but there are going to be some impacts. So can you live through some of those short-term and maybe medium-term impacts? I think the, a lot of what you're going to see in the real estate market, you're not going to see right now, and you're not going to see maybe even in six months, but it might be down the road further than that. And that's a scary concept to look at. But if you do need a home and you're buying in a good market and you've got good employment security ahead of you, now is probably a pretty good time to buy. If you don't think any of those are yeses to those questions, maybe it's not such a great time for you to buy, or maybe your credit score isn't where it needs to be. Maybe you need to work on that and get some of those things up to the point where you're a really legit buyer. And so how can you do that? Well, reach out to a mortgage guy, reach out to a banker, whomever you're going to go to for your mortgage and get that rolling. Maybe they'll look at if you need to do some credit counseling, maybe you need to get some of that debt reduced. Then these are really difficult things to be thinking about when we're all kind of hunkered down going, oh my gosh, is the end of the world coming? Or when's this stay at home order going to be lifted? Those are really difficult things. But now is as good a time as any to be looking at improving your financial future. You've got the time, unless you're one of the fortunate people who are out there with essential business and you're still working. And in that case, maybe this is a good time for you to be looking at buying a home. So those are some of my thoughts. The answer to whether now is a good time to buy, again, is maybe. And so work, work your way through all of those factors. Do some Google searches. I think you'll kind of see the same thing that, that I've been talking about is it really depends on your personal situation and it really depends on the real estate market that you're going to be seeing. And so that's what I'm going to leave you with. Another couple of stories that I'm going to get into that I found really interesting that I'll end the podcast with was what happens to economies when they pull out of kind of their stay-at-home orders. So here's kind of a random story that does coincide with my podcast on if now is a good time to buy. It's not due to it's not related to real estate, but it's kind of what happens when people get uh, out from underneath the stay-at-home orders. So this one has to do with China and French luxury brand Hermes, uh, H-E-R-M-E-S. I'm not really sure how to pronounce that, but it's French. Pulls in 2.7 million in a day at a flagship store in China as wealthy shoppers splurge after the coronavirus lockdown. 2.7 million dollars in a decent sized store, but it's not that big. I think it's like 5,000 square feet or something. But Hermes is famous for its luxury Birkin bags. I've heard of that. I don't really know what it is. I'm not much of a fashion guy. Uh, pulled in 2.7 million from wealthy Chinese consumers shopping in uh, Guangzhou uh, last Saturday. And the French retailer received a shipment of rare Hermes products and saw an influx of customers from across the province to purchase its tableware, shoes, furniture, and leather goods. The store's single-day sales tally is said to be the highest figure for a single boutique in China, a positive side amid the easing of a coronavirus-related lockdown. So given the fact that our president basically told us, all right, here's kind of the criteria for how we're going to do the 
uh, out from underneath the stay-at-home orders. We've got that. We don't have a timeline locked down, but we know it's coming. We know that we've got certain factors we need to watch for on the coronavirus, the new cases, and then once we go through phase one, phase two entails looking at any kind of rebound cases and trends there. So we're on that path to getting back up and running and so there will be some crazy things happen, and that's why I want to do a podcast today on should you buy a home, because there are things like that kind of going on. Another one that I thought was pretty interesting, which makes sense, is that there is a surge in divorces anticipated in the wake of COVID-19 quarantine. A wave of divorce filings is expected to break across the country when COVID-19 confinement ends. This is according to several divorce attorneys. And then also stats from forecasts of a divorce spike are based on attorneys reporting a surge in inquiries, plus a rise in filings where electronic submissions are permitted. So that's another thing you could see is some homes come on the market that weren't there before as marriages uh, go through dissolution. And uh, the, this article was stating, when those restrictions are lifted, I have no doubt that there will be an overwhelming number of filings. Uh, they expect to see a deluge of divorce cases. We're fielding calls right now from people who are tired of being in the same house with each other. Kind of the bottom line. If your marriage was on kind of the, uh, it's on the ropes going into this, I think this is a super difficult time to be stuck in a home. So that's another thing that I don't think it's going to be a major factor, but it could be a factor on kind of the housing market. There's all these little bits and pieces that, that come together. But the major thing is going to be when the economy goes back, when we get the jobs going back, how the federal government's uh, stimulus package has helped things and we don't know a lot of those so really do your homework if you are looking at buying a home or selling a home uh, given the fact where we are with the economy today so I hope this has been helpful and thank you so much for watching again I'm Sean Reynolds the owner of Summit Properties Northwest Reynolds and Klein Appraisal and your host for this episode of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast if you're watching on YouTube Really appreciate you watching and for all of those of you on the podcast, tune in. We're doing a podcast every day until this shutdown is over. Thanks again. We'll catch up soon. Bye. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.